You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We get to our film review looking back at the Idaho State win for BYU. We also are now in the midst of a bye week. Ten weeks into the season, I guess week 11 technically, BYU finally is approaching a bye week. We'll talk about how they should approach things this week. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news from the weekend that was an absolutely phenomenal ending to a great soccer game for the women's soccer program that earns them a WCC title. We'll touch on that and a whole lot more ahead on today's podcast. So without further ado, let's get rolling. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 8th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. This is a shout out going to Amber Roberts, one of our GFOPs. She is listening in Rio, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I'm assuming on a family vacation down there, Amber, unless you moved suddenly on me. But It shows how much you guys mean to me when I see you guys tweeting at the show saying, hey, I'm making you guys my first listen of the day, even if on vacation or out of the country. So Amber, shout out to you and your family. Thank you for your support. And let's be honest, I know her husband, Ryan, fairly well. We happen to grow up near one another. Amber is the real power player in that relationship. Sorry, Ryan. I'm just I'm just messing around with you. But nonetheless, thank you for your guys' support of the podcast. We truly appreciate, I truly appreciate you guys listening to this podcast as often as many of you guys do. And make sure if you haven't done so already, if you're new to the show, hit that follow button. Make sure you join us every single day because our goal here, my goal here, is to be the one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you guys need to know about on a daily basis. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. Our goal is to make it, if you guys happen to commute to work or you're doing a workout, that you guys in that workout or during that commute will be up to speed on everything you need to know about BYU sports. That's the goal. Plain, simple, and that's how we operate. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. And once again, a shout out to Amber and her family for listening all the way from Brazil. I know there are a number of you that listen outside the country, but it's always fun to see Locked On Cougars being taken to different parts of the globe. Now, getting into the actual meat and potatoes of today's show, Mondays on the show, we do what we call our Film Review Monday, where we look back on the previous game for the BYU football program, and obviously that was a big win over Idaho State, and big in the sense that BYU had a pretty wide margin of victory because it's Idaho State, they're not the greatest team in the world, but BYU did have a good showing in this, and we're going to break down what I took away from it. So, the first thing is I liked how BYU operated with regards to the starters, the ones, quote-unquote, and their playing time. A guy like Tyler Algier, he didn't need to play more than essentially a quarter's worth of football in that game. As you guys probably recall, I was an advocate for just sitting him down for the entire game. He got out there, had a pretty good showing. The one play I think that stood out the most to me is BYU had a holding call, I believe, early on in the first half. It got them to second and something like second and 19, second and 20, and they throw a screen pass 
pass out to Tyler Algier. Well, he gets that pass, and there was one defender who seemingly had a chance at getting him, and he gets absolutely leveled uh, by, I believe it was Campbell Barrington, one of the offensive linemen got him, and then Tyler Algier's off to the races. Guys blocking downfield, offensive linemen, wide receivers, goes for 45 yards, and BYU's right back in business. I absolutely love that play because it was blocked up to perfection. This entire game was more evidence that BYU's wide receiving core and tight ends, they absolutely get after it in run blocking. It's so much fun to watch, and I'm a bit of a nerd. I freely admit that, and any of you who listen to this podcast know that I'm a nerd because I talk about things like wide receiver blocking, but... Watching BYU's wide receivers and tight ends this year, obviously the offensive line, their whole job on the football field is to get blocks and make sure that they protect their quarterback, open holes for the running backs. But wide receivers and tight ends, they obviously are trying to catch the ball, but it is so much fun to watch BYU's wide receiving core and just the overall receivers, including tight ends, get after it in the run game. They know how valuable a weapon they have in a guy like Tyler Algier, and they know if they get their blocks, he's going to break into the second level, and there's an opportunity for them just to absolutely get after it as they move downfield. So i got to give a shout-out. Once again in this game, it stood out. Guys like Puka Nakua, Samson Nakua, Neil Pau, Isaac Rex. They just, and there's a myriad of other guys in there. They were just absolutely getting after it in this game once again. And it's really fun to see because you know that they understand that what their job entails. It entails catching the football. We all know that. But they absolutely know that a guy like Tyler Algier, he needs them uh, to get their blocks to allow him to have success. So... It's, it was really fun to see that. Now, there were a bunch of false starts in this game, and BYU struggled with the shifts and the calls that, B, that the Idaho State defensive line was doing to create those shifts. It actually caused guys like Campbell Barrington to jump off sides, and that's something that BYU probably hasn't faced in a little bit. So credit to Idaho State. It got BYU, I think it was five overall false starts in this game. But if you're a BYU offensive lineman, you got to learn from it. You've got to figure it out. you got to understand... I know the snap count. I know what the call is for the snap. I'm not paying attention to other stuff. It can be very easy to react. I understand that. But as my offensive line coach, who is a former standout offensive lineman for BYU, Eli Herring once told me, your only advantage as an offensive lineman is to know that snap count and be the first guy off the line once that count is called. That was our only advantage. That's really what he said. Yeah, some of you may be bigger than other guys. Some of you may have superhuman strength. But the one advantage anybody can count on as an offensive lineman is knowing the snap count. And that gives you an opportunity to get out of your set and get out of your stance before the other guy does. And BYU's offensive lineman, they've got to figure that out. Um, other things I took away from this. Keanu Hill... Breakout game. Really fun to see. And a guy like him, he strikes me as the next Neil Pau. Not the fastest guy, but with great size and more than enough speed to be effective. He needs to continue just to grow in his role. He strikes me as a guy. He's showing out well against lesser opponents. And it is now an opportunity to build on that success against these quote-unquote lesser opponents and have the success that he's looking for against bigger name opponents. 
if guys like Nilpau, as well as Gunnar Romney, they were honored during senior day, do decide to move on, well, a guy like Keanu Hill, he can expect to absolutely be in the mix to start in 2022. So he needs to begin to pick up his game, and I thought yesterday's performance was really, really fun to see. This is a guy you can tell loves football. He's a guy, and one thing I don't know how many people actually know this, he played at Euless Trinity High School down there in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and Euless Trinity is one of the true powerhouses in that area, but they run the triple option. He played wide receiver in a triple option flex bone offense. The only route you really run in that offense is nine routes, go routes. You go down the field and they throw it over the top and you catch it. He's really good at that, but he's learning. You're starting to see him understand route concepts, route trees, and his blocking has been very, very solid along with the other wide receivers, and that's really, really good to see. So a lot of people out there saying that they're worried that Puka Nakua is going to leave for the NFL. I have no clue if he's even considering such things. I don't think he should. He needs at least another year of seasoning and another year's worth of tape truly to give the NFL a look at what he can do. If you have a guy like Puka Nakua, Keanu Hill, maybe Chris Jackson, I know there's rumors out there about him potentially leaving, but there are there are a number of wide receivers that if BYU has all of them back in 2022, yes, losing guys like Neil Powell, losing a guy like Gunnar Romney, that will hurt. But there is plenty of talent still to step in and fill in for BYU. So I think that uh, Puka Nakua had an absolutely great performance in that first half. He's as polished wide receiver as you will find, and he's only going to get better. That's the fun part about it. He's only going to get better, and I look forward to seeing him for at least another year. That's my personal hope. Uh, other things I took away from this game, uh, Pepe Tanuvasa, he's coming along similar to Keanu Hill. It seems like against the G5, and I, in this case the FCS opponents, he is absolutely standing out. Now it's just take the next step. He's had his moments against Power 5 opponents this year, but it has not been consistent as he has shown in other games against, P, against G5 or FCS teams. Had a really good game yesterday, speaking of Pepe. Now I just want to see him continue to build on that, take that confidence you have in these type of games, and carry it over into a game, let's say, like USC here in a few weeks. It's really, really fun to see him coming into his zone. Uh, final few notes here is that uh, BYU, the kicking game, Justin Smith, if he ultimately is going to take over as BYU's kicker, he's got to figure out his line drive issues. His line drive field goal, okay, that got you three points, great. But his kickoff that resulted in, what was it, a 90-yard kick return it felt like? I guess after the fumble, it was about 90 yards. But, uh, but that kick was a low liner that didn't give BYU's kickoff team any chance to really get down the field and get into their sets normally where they're supposed to tackle guys. The tackling on it, atrocious. Guys going for arm tackles and the running back uh, from Idaho State just shrugging them off as he worked his way downfield. But if Justin Smith truly wants to be the quarter, uh, not the quarterback, the kicker of the future for BYU, no matter what Jake Oldroyd's status is going to be, he's got to get a higher trajectory on his kicks. I know that I'm saying something that you're like, really, we're going to worry about that, Jake? It's, it's a concern because it allowed a big kickoff return, and he has seen a kick already get blocked earlier this year on, like, what was it, a 28-yard uh, field goal attempt? You cannot have that low a trajectory and not expect teams to understand that and try and block it. So there's a lot going on, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see how BYU goes about fixing that. And then the final note here that I got from my notes on my iPhone here is that Carter Wheat absolutely was a subject of targeting. I cannot believe they did not review that. He took a helmet shot, and I'm luckily uh, hearing that he is healthy, but still... 
That was an ugly, ugly hit. That was absolutely targeting. I can't believe the booth didn't send down a signal to review that because he took a crown of the helmet to his face mask. That's exactly why targeting exists. You guys know that I am no fan of targeting and the rules as constituted. I don't want to see you guys kicked out of games, but if you're going to have rules like that, enforce them when you have the textbook call put right there in front of you. Maybe it doesn't matter when a team's blowing out the other team. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. If you're going to call it, well, you know what? Make sure it's called in every circumstance or don't call it at all. That's my personal thought on the matter. All right. Other uh, notes, obviously, are, you guys are welcome to pass along as well. I love hearing from you guys. So if you guys do have uh, comments, concerns, whatever your takes on things, feel free to send them in. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Love hearing from you guys, getting your thoughts on everything going on with BYU. You also can reach out via social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search out Locked On Cougars. We are really easy to find and love hearing from you guys and getting your thoughts on all things BYU. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll stick with BYU football. We'll talk a little bit about the bye week. It is bye week today. Kalani Sitake is scheduled to meet with the media at noon mountain time uh that'll be the only media availability this week outside of his coaches show appearance tomorrow night we'll talk about what i hope byu can accomplish in the bye week here in just a moment today's show is brought to you by our friends over at prize picks they are a leader in college sports daily fantasy they offer more college football props than anybody in the world and offers all the star players of the power five as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of they offer any prop you can think of yardage touchdowns interceptions thrown and everything in between that you are looking for. The best part is you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. It's really, really simple. The best part is you can do those entries in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy, and PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or use their mobile app. It's an award-winning app. You can get it in your app store, and while you're there, when you make your first deposit, you can get a 100 percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars just use the promo code locked on so once again don't hesitate get to prizepicks.com or download the app today and get started use that promo code locked on for that deposit match prize picks is daily fantasy made easy once again thank you for making locked on cougars your first listen of the day uh, let's talk a little bit about the bye week this week and it's been 10 very long weeks for BYU they sit in eight and two on the season uh, they are ranked as many of you probably saw yesterday and th- these rankings that we're going to talk about here for just a moment don't count because the ones that really count are tomorrow's that come out tomorrow evening when the college football playoff committee issues their second set of rankings I'm expecting BYU to move up from that number 15 spot in those rankings I would guess maybe two spots at the very most. So 13, I think, is the highest BYU will reach. I could also see them staying stagnant after being an FCS team. I know that doesn't sound quite right, but this college football playoff committee, I don't even begin to guess how they kind of go about things. So that's kind of what I guess. But BYU, if you're looking at the AP poll, moved up three spots from number 17 to number 14. In the coaches poll, they moved up from number 20 to number 15. And they also re-entered the National Football Foundation's Super 16 poll, checking in at number 14 in those polls. So uh, it sounds like uh, the other polls, these national polls, media polls, coaches poll, kind of getting on board with BYU and the college football playoff committee. I could see BYU checking in at 14 and sitting kind of right in line with the AP poll. If the college football playoff poll isn't out there, I actually trust the AP poll mostly because it's actually got media members and not 
student information directors who are helping a coach by saying, coach, look at these rankings. They sound good. Yeah, just send that over. It, I like how the media is spread around the country and they're supposed to be as impartial as possible. But the college football playoff rankings, that's the one that matter. And we'll talk about those when they come out tomorrow evening. Now, BYU is in the bye week and they're going to enjoy some time off. They need some downtime. This is a beat up football team. And to be sitting at eight and two, I think it's a very, very impressive run they have had this season. The biggest thing for this week, in my opinion, is to heal up. Guys need time off, and I'm assuming this is just my assumption based on previous seasons with BYU and bye weeks. They'll practice probably one to two days this week and then essentially give the guys the rest of the week off. They'll still be expected to get into the weight room, get their lifts in, uh, take care of treatment, all that type of stuff. Make sure you handle that. Also, get caught up on schoolwork. That's another big part of this week. But I think the biggest thing for them is to get healthy. The second thing I want to see them get a head start on is a triple option defense scheme, which they will face the triple option, at least based on what I understand. I don't know exactly what to expect from Georgia Southern, but they have run the triple option for years down there in Statesboro. Well, you have a bye week ahead of that game, so I would assume that BYU gets a head start on defending the triple option because that is one of the schemes that a lot of teams don't face on a day-to-day basis, and BYU has not faced it for some time, so they need to be ready for it. So I would hope that they spend some time this week getting their guys up to speed on, okay, here are the basics of what you need to do to defend the triple option. It's much easier said and taught and practiced against than actually doing it in game when a team has run it for years like Georgia Southern has. But we also know that Georgia Southern has hired Clay Helton as their new head coach. So I don't know exactly know what to expect ultimately from Georgia Southern in that game. Do I expect Clay Helton to be on the field when BYU faces off against Georgia Southern a week from Saturday? No, I do not because he's just barely taken over and it'd be hard to come in and say, okay, well, let's get to work right away. We're going to do this, this, and this. That's just not how I think things are going to operate. But BYU needs to be ready for this matchup. The triple option is an offense that is meant to stabilize, not stabilize, it's meant to, uh, well, stabilize in a way it does, but it's meant to, I guess, narrow the gap in the talent disparity between teams. BYU is going to go to Statesboro as one of the top 15 teams in the country next week. And obviously, Georgia State, they fired their head coach. They haven't had the season that they expected. And they are going to be looking at this and saying, you know what? We can play spoiler for this team. And our triple option scheme, something they haven't faced all year long, let's go and punch them in the mouth and see how they respond. If I'm BYU, I need to make sure that my guys understand this is the triple option scheme. Here are the base levels of it. You probably, guys probably haven't faced it since high school, etc. or you haven't faced it very often in your playing careers. Well, this is how we're going to go about defending it and get a head start on that offense. You have to get a head start on it because if you don't, you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. It might be a stunning upset in Statesboro, Georgia. You want to have a lot of the goodwill you've built up after rebounding from a two-game uh, losing streak in October go away real quick. Go and lose to a Georgia State team who's in the middle of a coaching transition. That would take away a lot of the good feeling about this team. So... I think that BYU understands that. I think the players understand it. But they also need to make sure that they get healthy. That's the big thing. I think BYU's offense, they're going to be hard to be stopped by Georgia Southern. But you don't want to find yourself in a shootout with a team that can control the ball on the ground. Obviously, Tyler Algier helps BYU control the ball in their own right. But the triple option scheme 
it can absolutely grind you down to a nub figuratively as a defender, and you've got to be ready for it. So we'll see if uh, BYU uh, is ready for it a week from Saturday, but I think this week is a critical week to get a head start on that, begin practicing against it. The good news is I think a guy like Soljay Maiava-Peters, I know he's never really run the option, but his, his athleticism can help you get ready for what you're going to face against an option-run team. A quarterback who's shifty, who's mobile, you need to have advantages like that built into your practice squad. And I think this is, a, in a way, I know that 10 weeks of BYU being uh, beat up week after week and having to fight their way through it, it was not fun. But in some small way, having the bye week ahead of going to Georgia Southern next week where you're going to face the triple option little bit genius in some ways. I know it wasn't necessarily planned this way, at least the way I understand how scheduling went for BYU on this season, but having the bye week to get an extra week's worth of preparation ahead of facing the lone triple option team you're going to face all year, it's actually kind of smart. So there you go. That's kind of what I want to see BYU accomplish this week when it comes to the bye week. All right, coming up here in just a moment, though, we'll wrap up today's show with everything else that happened over the weekend in other BYU sports, a dramatic win for the women's soccer program, more dominance in women's volleyball. We'll get to all of it in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving. I love to eat. Uh, If any of you have known me for a long time, you know that I love to eat, but I've been trying to lose weight over the past year or so. Well, the best part is, is Built Bars are a big part of what I've done to have success in losing that weight. But right now, when it's coming to Thanksgiving, many of us are looking forward to the desserts and pie in particular. It's the perfect time, though, for a Built Bar to help become your new holiday dessert. One slice of pie is up to upwards of 300 calories, and that's just on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace the pie you're going to have at Thanksgiving with a Built Bar. Lots of good flavors replace any pie out there. The best part, everything with a Built Bar is low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, high fiber. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and the best part is they are delicious. They are really, really good. I love it, guys. Share some of your family gatherings if, if you are a devotee already of Built Bar and take advantage of the opportunity like me to maybe replace that pie with a Built Bar. So get to their website, Built.com. And by the way, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday is going to be a huge event with all sorts of surprises at Built.com. But in the meantime, get to Built.com right now. Place your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there for 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15 15% off your order. Once again, that's built.com, promo code locked15. Support our friends at Built Bar and get to built.com. And in the meantime, also support BYU football and their name, image, and likeness agreement with the Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. Love this company, and I love the guys over there at All Guard because they're the best of the best. It's a local company. Seth Baird founded the company and has done a great job building it up from the ground up, literally. And he wants to take care of your home or your business, no matter your pest control needs, whether it's residential or commercial. All Guard has the manpower, the know-how, the expertise to handle any and all situations you might find yourself in. What I love about All Guard Pest Control is they will customize your treatment to what you need. You have a one-time need, they'll show up, they'll take care of it the one time, they're not going to make you sign a contract that requires quote-unquote follow-up visits. That's not how 
our good friends at All Guard Pest Control operate. They also offer what they call a quarterly pest control program. They'll come out once every three months, make sure your business or home is protected uh, every season of the year. And you have kind of that year-round barrier, that year-round protection, having that peace of mind. We all know that our significant others, they are the ones who spend a lot of time at home if you're not the breadwinner. And obviously, a happy wife is a happy life, and pest control can go a long way towards that. So give All Guard Pest Control a call if you need their services. Their phone number, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or get to their website. That's allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S.com. Absolutely love this company. So when you give them that call, make sure to tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you. That's once again, All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812 or allguardpestcontrols.com. Before we go here on this Monday edition of the show, let's catch you up on everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports. Let's start off with the women's volleyball program running roughshod over Portland once again. A straight set sweep of the pilots in Portland. Cougars are now 23-1 on the year. They're just absolutely rocking and rolling. They are back home this week, Thursday and Saturday, welcoming Pepperdine and Loyola Marymount to the Smith Fieldhouse. That actually be the final two home matches of the season. So Senior Day will be Saturday afternoon before they finish out the regular season on the road with three matches against Pacific, St. Mary's, and San Diego. I am fully expecting at this point that BYU will end the regular season with be it 28 and 1, the ranked number 6 in the country. Who knows how high they might climb in the polls before the regular season concludes? This is a team who sure looks the part of a team that could win the national championships, at least at this juncture. Obviously, there is still a long way to go to see if that comes uh, to fruition, but really, really fun to watch this women's volleyball program. And as I said, your last two chances to see them at home this year appear to be Thursday and Saturday against Pepperdine and Loyola Marymount. Now on to women's soccer. The number 12-ranked Cougars beat number 16 Pepperdine 1-0 in double overtime to win the West Coast Conference Championship. They had six seniors honored on senior night that night. And what a way to win it. Cameron Tucker got the golden goal in the 104th minute of the match on BYU's 25th shot, sending obviously everybody into a frenzy. What a win for BYU. With Santa Clara also earning an overtime victory, the Cougars and the Broncos shared the WCC championship with 8-1 records in WCC play. But what a showing. The selection show is today at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time on NCAA.org. There will be a live stream, so the women's soccer program will learn where they are playing in the initial rounds of the NCAA tournament. But that was a phenomenal goal. If you did not see the goal from Cameron Tucker and just the absolute explosion when she scored that goal, I'd encourage you to go look it up. I think it's on their Twitter feed or on any of the social media platforms you can find. You probably can find it just Googling it. Just Google Cameron Tucker game-winning goal, and it'll probably pop up. It was It was really, really cool to see. So congratulations to the women's soccer program on that victory. Now, the final thing is congratulations to the BYU football program officially announcing the signing of Oregon transfer Kingsley Suamataya. I've heard some people say actually it's Suamataya or something like that. I'm going with Suamataya. I have never been told that's the wrong pronunciation, but 
I obviously could be wrong, but this is a huge pickup for BYU. Kingsley, a five-star prospect from Orem High School coming back home, just continues the positive recruiting momentum that BYU is enjoying. And also, BYU had a visit from a five-star cornerback in Cormani McLean over the weekend. I'm actually gathering some details on that. We're actually going to talk about that this week. Obviously, it's a bye week, so topics in terms of preparing for a game, not going to happen this week. Uh, So we're actually going to talk a little more about BYU recruiting on one of the episodes this week. I'm hoping uh, for that to happen on tomorrow's show. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, because we'll also be previewing BYU season opener against Cleveland State on tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll get to it on Wednesday is my hope. I'm, I've been talking to some people about why McLean is interested in BYU and all this stuff. So we'll have more details on that and we'll have it at some point this week. But Kingsley Suamataya continues just an absolutely stellar run in the recruiting sphere for BYU, especially when it comes to transfers. He is a high-level talent, a guy that if he comes in and he's right from the get-go, could be a day-one starter for BYU. I mean that sincerely. He has got all of the talent to be a standout tackle for BYU, whether he starts at the right side and moves over to the left side eventually, or he becomes just the left tackle of the future for BYU. Regardless, he has got all of the goods to pay the bills down the road and I think this is a fantastic pickup for BYU. Excited he wanted to be closer to home, closer to family after going to Oregon. And I'm very excited to see him back in a BYU uniform. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the king, as people call him, Kingsley Suamataya, suiting up for BYU. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. As you probably have noticed, I have not announced a winner of BYU tickets to go see the season opener for the men's basketball program as they take on Cleveland State tomorrow. The details of how to win those tickets were on the postcast edition of the show. I have had four responses so far to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com with answers to the questions. Uh, All four of them have gotten two of the answers correct. The third answer has been eluding people in various circumstances. So if you can get all three of those questions correct, and I'm going to encourage you, I'm not going to spoil it for you, get back over uh, to uh, the postcast edition of the show. Listen to the questions I asked about Cleveland State. If you can answer them correctly and email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com, you may find yourself with a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's season opener against Cleveland State. I hope I can get uh, the correct answer, or I may just pick one of the random uh, entries that we have to reward tickets to, but there's still time to enter to win. I would have liked to have announced the winner on today's show, but hey, no correct answers, or at least not all three answers correct, means I can't do it. So there's still an opportunity for you guys to win some free tickets to watch the Cougar Cagers in action tomorrow night. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be. If you're like the Roberts family in Brazil, if you're our good friend Glenn Lumen out in the Philippines, or if you're just like me, you live in Utah Valley. I live in Saratoga Springs. Regardless of where you're at, I hope you all are doing great. Have a good one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 8th, 2021, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.